0: You're listening to the Aquatic Wetline, a tropical fish keeping podcast hosted by 23 year old fish keeper, Aqua Alex Cardinal. For three years, we provided you with quality tropical fish information and we'll continue providing some information on freshwater and saltwater tropical fish. Let's dive down deep into the aquarium and chat fish. Live from his fish room is Aqua Alex. Aquatic Wetline is now live.
1: This is the Aquatic Wetline Tropical Fish Keeping Podcast right here on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes,
2: Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. We are the first most successful fish keeping podcast on Blog Talk Radio. If you do a Google search with our name, you will get over four pages worth of stuff. Aquatic Wetline was founded in 2013 to provide tropical fish with Freshwater and Saltwater Aquarium informal and interesting shows. Over the past four years, Aquatic Wetline has delivered some good shows that are well received worldwide. Aquatic Wetline is hosted by a 23-year-old fish keeper named Aqua Alex Cardinelli, who has a passion and love for freshwater and saltwater fish ever since he was born. Lit while I can talk to you about fish and art. Hello, fish keepers, and welcome to a very special Saturday night episode of the Aquatic Wetline. I am right here broadcasting live from my fish room in Springfield, Massachusetts. Broadcasting for all of you, my friends, the best friends ever, the fish keeping audience. I want to start by saying thank you for your listening and thank you for giving me a chance to talk tropical fish with you. I hope you guys and gals are having a great weekend and are going to do something aquarium related like water changes or buy new tropical fish. I have two water changes to do after the show, one on my freshwater cichlid display tank and one on my saltwater display tank. Tonight's show is going to be a fun one to do because I am going to discuss a topic that I think will relate to every fish keeper in the aquarium hobby. Tropical fish keeping is known to be an aquarium hobby and a hobby nonetheless but I personally think of it as a living art. Us fish keepers personally get to create a piece of the oceans or rivers of the world as we keep some of the most exotic fish and inverts in a fish tank in our homes. It takes years to have the perfect show aquarium, and when you finally have your tank set
1: up perfectly, You have created an underwater, natural, real painting. All of us fish keepers
2: have memories, whether it is setting up our first aquarium or getting a new fish. And that is exactly what we're going to talk about on today's show. So here is the agenda for today's episode of the Aquatic Wetline. I, Aqua Alex, am going to talk about my personal favorite, Aquarium hobby memories. And then I'm going to talk about my thoughts on the aquarium hobby changing. Fish keeping in the 1990s and early to mid 2000s was a lot different than it is today. How has the fish keeping hobby changed? We'll find out on that today. I'll have a discussion on why people should enter the tropical fish hobby. And also, I will have tips for beginners. So there's a lot of topics that I am going to cover today, so this should be a really interesting and good show. Now, I would like to remind you that you can interact with the show to share your favorite memories in the aquarium hobby. All you have to do is call in live at one three four seven nine eight nine. 8142 to discuss your favorite aquarium memories again that's 1-347-989-8142 if you're listening to this in the archive or other words if you're listening to a recording after it was live simply log on to Facebook and go to my group tropical fish keepers of aquatic wetline click join and post your favorite aquarium memories. All right, so before I start today's show with my favorite aquarium memories and tonight's topic, I would like to make a few quick announcements for you guys. So don't forget that on April fifteenth, 2017, I'm going to be hosting my very first Aquatic Wetline Trivia game. This is a fishkeeping trivia game where there's going to be eight contestants and two prizes. So far, there is only two confirmed contestants. We need six more. So, ladies and gentlemen, and tropical fish keepers of all ages, please email aquatic at outlook.com. And title the email, AW Trivia. Please include your name, your career, your location, your favorite fish, and the fish you are keeping. Because I'll be using that to introduce you to the show and the audience when we're live on April 15th. The first six people to email me will be the remaining contestants for the debut episode of Aquatic Wetline Aquatic Trivia Game. So once again, folks, please email me at outlook.com and title your email AW Trivia. And um, in your email, include your uh, name, your career, your location, your favorite fish, and the fish you are currently keeping. So make sure you guys submit your email, aquaticwetline@outlook.com. It's going to take you a few minutes. And by doing that, you have the opportunity to win a prize from our sponsor, Your Fish Stuff Quality Fish Food. They have quality fish equipment. And all of their fish food is made homemade right here in the United States of America using ingredients like kelp, krill, shrimp, and algae. So they have awesome food. And I can say that my fish – love their food, so I really uh, recommend you guys enter this because the first place winner is going to receive a yourfishstuff.com prize box valued at 30 to $50. It'll probably be packed with a lot of uh, fish food and other things that are necessary for your aquarium. Now, the second place winner is going to get a very first Aquatic Wetline themed coffee mug, as well as some other goodies. It's going to be very cool. Today I just placed the order for the Aquatic Wetline coffee mugs, and they'll be here in a few weeks. And when they arrive, I'm going to post a picture on my fan page, Aquatic Wetline Keepers Podcast. On Facebook, go ahead and click like if you're not on that page and the second place winner will be getting the very first cup after that there will be some for sale and we'll talk about that on a future episode of the aquatic wetline I also want to remind you that next Saturday, right here on Aquatic Wetline, we have a very special show for you. It's going to be the very first episode of Aquatic Wetline Hall of Fame. And next Saturday, the very first inductee is going to be Corridor breeder Lynn Masney, And she'll be inducted by her longtime friend, Rebecca Wistraw. So make sure you guys tune in next Saturday at 9 p.m. Eastern for the first episode of uh, Aquatic Wetline Hall of Fame. Also, I'm going to be debuting a new show called Aquatic Wetline fish where I'm going to have special guests and more. Stay tuned for uh, more news and announcements about that. And I'd like to wish a fish keeper a happy birthday. Today, my brother James Cardinelli turned 16 years old, and he is, an, he is a uh, fish lover like me, and he has his very own tank. So, happy birthday, Jimmy. And finally, folks, please check out Aquatic Wetline and Aqua Alex on a website called Patrone. Now, Patron is a site where creators like myself, creators that people uh, create things like podcasts, YouTubers, and things like that. They share their stuff on uh Patron in hopes that people will like their stuff and help donate. So I'm looking for some people to help donate for my show so that I can get a Blue Yeti microphone to have better quality and better sound. So for more information on that, please go to patron.com forward slash Aqua Alex. And I'll make sure that um, I post all of my uh, recent shows at the end of Today's show. All right, enough of that. I don't want to bore you guys to death. Now, on to today's fun topic. So, I will start the show with my first favorite aquarium memory October 2015, entering the saltwater aquarium hobby. So, in October of 2015, I decided that I was going to take the plunge and enter the saltwater hobby because I went to various fish stores in the area back in that time, and they all had uh, a lot of colorful saltwater livestock, and a lot of them were focusing on the ease of saltwater um, they were saying that saltwater is not as difficult as people make it out to be and really all you need is live sand and good filtration and you need to cycle your aquarium and after hearing that from one of the fish store employees I said well I do have a lot of experience with freshwater fish so I should give it a try And at the time, I had the money to do so. The funds were available, and I had an aquarium that was sitting empty. So what I did that same day at the fish store, I bought the live sands. I bought the carob sea life rock, which is a brand that is still my favorite today. And I bought salt mix, and I bought a hydrometer and other saltwater equipment. Then I came home and I put the live sand in my 29 gallon aquarium. And then I added my Carib Sea Life Rock and I added my freshly mixed salt water. And I let the tank cycle for a good month. And I got my very first um, fish a month later in November of 2015. I got a pair of black and white clownfish. And a diamond goby, and my very first diamond goby, unfortunately, jumped away on uh jumped out on Halloween night. I'll, I'll never forget that. On Halloween night, I come home from a Halloween party, and there I see uh, the diamond goby all dried up from jumping out. But anyway, my first few fish were the black and white clowns and a diamond goby because I went out and got another diamond goby the next day. And he did relatively well. As a matter of fact, he ate shrimp and a lot of other marine foods. So another month later, all the fish that I put into the tank, which were the two black and white Ocellaris clowns, and a Diamond goby, were doing quite well. So then I began to add one fish per month. And I think it was a Melnorris wrasse, et cetera. And by February of 2016, confidence has grown in the saltwater hobby, and I decided to make my 120 gallon saltwater tank uh my 120 gallon aquarium a saltwater tank. Sorry, I was confused there, but the last time I had the 120 was a saltwater tank, so that's why I said that. But anyway, in February of 2016, I made my 120 gallon a saltwater tank. And I used a whole lot of live sand, about uh, 120 pounds. That was a pretty penny. Now that I know, I won't use that particular amount for um, any size aquarium. I don't like that deep of a sand bed. I like a, a third of an inch to a half inch of sand, not no two, or three, or four inches of sand. That's just too deep for me because I think that a lot of the nitrates and um, – a lot of bacteria is going to build up in there, and that's going to pollute the water. But anyway, I created my 120-gallon saltwater tank with live sand, and I I ha- I had added a lot of um, of sea life rock, and, of course, I had my filtration. And I let the tank cycle for a good month. But here's the mistake I made, as I said last Saturday here on the aquatic wet line. I added too many fish too fast, and I learned from that because all the fish that I added too quick died of velvet. So that was my very first setback since I've joined the saltwater hobby, but I quickly rebounded. I learned my lesson, and I began adding fish slowly to the 120-gallon aquarium. I added like at least one or two fish a month, no more than that. And I added fish there for uh, probably about five months in a row, one or two fish. And then I was happy with what I had in my aquarium after that. And I have been very, very successful with it. No problems whatsoever. I even had to downsize because I got my puppy, Brandy. She's a uh, nine-month-old beagle puppy, and she is... A stubborn girl, but I'm learning to uh, be firm with her, and I'm uh, trying to teach her. So I had to downgrade to a 55-gallon saltwater aquarium, and I've had that since August of 2016. And I'm getting ready to upgrade again, which we'll talk about a little bit later on in the show. And I still have most of the fish from the 120 in my 55-gallon tank now. Uh, and that's a Manila puffer. That is the rectangular trigger. That has a one-spot fox face and some other ones that are in my tank currently. So the mistakes I've made, the only mistake I made in the aquar, in the saltwater hobby since I joined in um, November of 2015, or, or uh, yeah, I guess you could say November of 2015 because that's when I got my first fish. Is I added way too many fish too fast for my 120 gallon aquarium. Other than that, I have been pretty successful in the saltwater aquarium hobby. I have been doing my research. I have been doing my water changes, cleaning out the filters and cleaning out all the the junk that gets stuck under the rocks. And all of my fish have been happy and healthy. I have noticed a lot of growth on my Manila Puffer and also on my Dog Face Puffer and uh, some of my other fish that I have in my uh, saltwater aquarium currently. So I'm very glad that I decided to um, take the plunge and join the saltwater hobby. I can't believe that it's going to be two years this year that I entered the aquarium hobby. That's right, in October of this year, it'll be two years that I've been in the saltwater aquarium hobby. So that is my first aquarium memory. All right, now I'm moving on to my second aquarium memory, and this is one from March of 2016. Now, as I said, in February of 2016, I lost all of my saltwater fish because I rushed and I added way too many fish too fast. So the next month, I had my 29-gallon saltwater aquarium set up, and I rehomed all – well, actually, I lost all the fish that were in the 29-gallon aquarium at the time, remembering now. Uh, That's right. I lost all the fish that I had, including the black and white Ocellaris clowns and the fish that were in the 29-gallon tank. So in March of 2016, this saltwater tank was empty. And it was completely cycled because I did not not remove any of the water that had the original fish in it. So the the tank was completely cycled. So I decided that in March of 2016, I was going to uh, get some saltwater fish and quarantine them for the 120-gallon saltwater tank. And then I was going to add them one by one to the uh, 120-gallon aquarium. So... I ordered from a website called BlueZooAquatics.com. Now, BlueZooAquatics.com is an online saltwater uh, tropical fish store that ships straight to your door. They have a lot of fish, and they have some good deals. You can get some rarer fish for good prices, and they have a lot of saltwater fish and inverts. They have your bread and butter stuff, but they also have uh, some rarities there as well and i I saw a lot of uh positive and awesome reviews on them, so that's where I decided to buy and I bought my manila puffer named Puffy, who's still here. Puffy is now one full year old. I also got a Niger trigger, and I also got a one spot fox face and i've got and I got at the time a gold striped maroon clown and I was very excited because this is the first time that I've ordered tropical fish online
1: since probably 2008. So it was a good long eight years. So I did that, and I made sure that
2: um, they would do good. I slowly acclimated them when I got them. So the day they came, I was very excited, I uh, opened the box, and there was one thing that I was disappointed with. And what I was disappointed with was that the fox face came dead. It came deceased. But everything else was totally normal and totally fine. Now, I did forget to tell you that the day that um, the fish were shipped, It snowed out in other parts of the United States. It snowed out in California and wherever else it was. So the shipment got delayed for two days. And then all of a sudden, the package came. And I guess somewhere in the cold weather is where the fox face died. But Blue Zoo Aquatics was very professional. They said, I'm sorry about that. And they sent me out another fox face. And this time it came better than ever. So
1: I was very confident about ordering online and gave me um more it gave me more respect for the online fish stores and it also uh
2: taught me that I can order from online fish stores and and not be scared that every fish is going to arrive dead on arrival. Because if they do, then they simply send out other ones or they give you credit. They offered me credit, but I decided to just get another fox face because I really, really wanted a fox face rabbit fish at the time. So, overall, that was a very good experience. And it's something that I'm going to remember for a long time. And I have grown to like that website since then. All right, so my third memory is a quite recent one from a few months ago, and it's from December of 2016. And it was my order from Live Aquaria and the popular marine section on Live Aquaria, and that is the Diver's Den. So it was Christmas time last year. And I was looking for a few saltwater puffers, and I looked on the Live Aquaria main page, but they only had one of the puffers that I wanted. And the local fish stores up here had one or the other, and they were too big for the size tanks that I had, so I couldn't get them locally. But anyway, I went on Live Aquaria, and I went on their main page, the, the separate section, um, and I I could not find any there. So then I went to the Diver's Den after seeing all of the positive reviews for the Diver's Den and seeing all of the fish keepers that love the Diver's Den. I went there and I found the first puffer I wanted, a dog face puffer. So I put him in my car. And I also saw a porcupine puffer, the other puffer that I wanted. I also put him in my car. So I paid for the order. And I actually um, bought the fish on a Monday morning after 11 a.m. central time. So I thought that I was going to be getting my puffer fish to next day, which would have been a Tuesday. But since I ordered after the cutoff time, they did not ship. And I remember waking up early Tuesday morning waiting for a package to arrive. And I waited for hours and hours and hours and hours stressing about where my fish is and they're going to come alive. So I called Live Aquaria and I gave them the order number and they said to me, uh, you ordered past the 11 a.m. Central time. And I go, what does that mean? And she goes, well, your your order wasn't shipped yesterday Um, and we can try shipping it today. And they did, and I and I had to pay a little bit extra for it, but I was able to get the fish the next day. And I got them. They came in perfect size and in perfect condition. So Live Aquaria, when they tell you a size, it is the absolute exact size, and they look just like um, in their picture that they have on the Live Aquaria's Diver's Den. So I went ahead and acclimated the puffers, and I added them to the aquarium. And within four hours, they were already eating, and they were eating market shrimp, which is a part of their diet. If you guys don't know, um, puffers eat inverts to keep their teeth from overgrowing their mouth. So inverts would be like shrimp, octopus, and and, uh, crabs, things of that nature. Obviously, they don't eat octopus in the wild, but you can feed them octopus in a home aquarium, and they're probably going to eat it without any trouble. So they ate for the first four weeks, and after that, they they were fine. Then all of a sudden, two months after the order, um, my porcupine puffer just died all of a sudden, and I'm not sure why. However, I will say he was very aggressive to the two Aeroferon puffers, which are my dog face puffer, and my Manila Puffer. And unfortunately for him, they fought back two months later. And I'm thinking that the stress from the Eros Ryan Puffers fighting back and chasing him are um, ca- caused him to to die. I think the stress from the other two Puffers chasing him caused him to die. All right. So... I learned that Live Aquaria Diver's Den is the best place to buy uh, marine fish, and that's where I'll buy uh, the marine fish that I can't find locally is off to Diver's Den. I really, really enjoy their customer service. They have phenomenal customer service, and I think it's a blast buying from them. All right, moving on down to my fourth story, and this story is about an un- an unexpected fish that I wanted. Now, at the time, I wanted a flat procha and someone was supposed to be delivering one from New Hampshire to me. This was a long time ago. And unfortunately, he had to cancel. And I was really, really disappointed because I really wanted a flat procha Lotus. So anywho, with the money I had that I was going to pay for the flat-tailed lotus. I went to my local fish store called School of Fish Inc. They had just opened up, so I think it was a few months after they opened. And I went in there thinking I was going to get some fish, even though it wasn't going to be a flagtail porcelopus, what I really wanted. But to some my my surprise, they actually had flagtail porcelopus in stock, and I was like, "Wow, what a coincidence!" I was very, very excited. They only had two of them in stock, so I bought the last two, and they were thirteen ninety nine each. I believe I will always remember that. I was like, "Oh my God, So I bought the two flagtail parcha lotus along with some clown loaches and other fish, and that was my lucky day. I'll never forget it because it's never happened ever again. There's something about that day that um is always uh interesting for me to say the least i always think back to that day and said and say wow what a coincidence how often is it that um there's a fish that you want that someone bails out on and then you go to the fish store and they have it that's the beauty of locally owned fish stores is sometimes they get in some rarities some rare fish that you've been wanting for a long time and they have it and you can get it cheaper than from some Tropical fish hobbyist who wants to charge you a lot of money and then bills on you. So that was a very, very exciting experience for me. I was absolutely happy and I was uh very very excited. And I ended up I ended up growing out those flagtails to adult basically almost adult size and they got more in and I bought two more and I had like four flagtail crops lotus in my 125-gallon uh, Amazon display tank, and it was a very, very nice tank. I actually have a very good picture that would make for a nice uh, flat tail procha Lotus drawing if I ever wanted a, a fish picture above my tank. And I might actually get a picture of them because they are very nice. The picture is on my uh, Facebook account, and I'll post a picture on my Facebook group, Tropical Fish Keepers on Aquatic Wetline, and my fan page, Aquatic Wetline Fish Keeping Podcast. Now, for those of you wondering what a flagtail partial lotus is, a flagtail partial lotus is a South American harrison, also known as a tetra. Now, the interesting thing about this tetra, besides the fact it has a flagtail, red fins, and yellow coloration, but it's also an allergy eater. The flattelprosomotus will eat green allergy, hair allergy, and veggies. They are a large-growing fish, usually about 9 to 12 inches, so they'll do well in a 55 or 75-gallon or bigger. They, they have a temperament similar to a silver dollar or a paku. They're not aggressive at all, and they can live with silver dollars, angelfish, um, Severums, walrus and other South American fish i 'll do a show on uh, Flagtail Pracha and I, I think that's going to be the, the March 2017 Freshwater Fish of the Month is going to be the Flagtail Prochilodus. Lotus. So I think you guys hopefully will enjoy that. Uh, this uh, memory I just shared with you. I try to share it as best I can. All right, now we move on to my next story, and that is the day that I got one of my personal favorite sewer dollar species of all time. It was back in 2012. It was 2012 during a very uh, large snowstorm, but it was not a, a bad one. We still had power and stuff, and we could still go out. But a website called tangledupinsickwoods.com, had black bar silver dollars, and the ones they had were the wide bar ones. Now the wide bar black bar silver dollars generally grow to be about 9 to 12 inches, and they have orange bellies. They basically look like a paku. So imagine a silver dollar with an orange belly and a very wide, thick bar, black stripe, and also they have a blue animal thing. Very gorgeous fish. So if you've never seen a wide bar sewer dollar before, I really recommend going on Google Images and typing in wide bar sewer dollars because you're really going to enjoy seeing them. So I saw them for the first time, and I decided to order three of them on a very snowy day. And I wasn't sure that he was going to be able to ship or not, But he did. He shipped the same night and they came the next morning, a little late, but that was to be expected. And I opened the box, and the uh, wide bar arms were much bigger than expected. So that made me happy. And they were all happy and healthy. So that was very, very interesting. And I really enjoyed them. I had them for a long time. And I sold them when I decided to go with uh, more aggressive fish, but I know that I really enjoyed them. And maybe when I get another bigger tank for fresh water, I will have wide bar silver dollars again. That is a very, very interesting fish. And if someone's looking for a large dither fish for a sick aquarium, I personally recommend
1: the Black Bar, Wide Bar, Silver Dollar. Another memory I have is when my dad had his own
2: large six-foot aquarium. I think it was a 150 or 180-gallon freshwater predator tank. I'm not really sure uh, the exact size, but he had the typical monster fish that were popular at the time. He had a large clown knife, which is the story, which is the fifth of the story here. He had Oscars, he had a paku and marijuana, et cetera. So anyway, he had to take in the living room, and I usually slept on the couch during the night. Hear me out because I take naps on my bed, and I sleep on the couch at night because I don't have a TV in my room, and I like to watch TV as I sleep. Anyway, one night I'm sleeping, and about, I think it was 3 o'clock in the morning, I hear a big knock, and it was like a gunshot knock, and I hear flopping and repeated flopping. So I wake up, and I turn the living room lights on, and I see a big two, two two-and-a-half-foot clown knife on the floor. And uh, when you wake up and see a fish that big, it'll start you. So I got very nervous and scared. But after recollecting myself, I um, picked up the clown knife and put him back into the aquarium, and I put heavy rocks over all the glass lids so that he could not jump out again, and he did not jump out. That was a very, very weird night, because I don't know how the clown knife jumped out or why it jumped out, because I tested the water parameters once I put them back in the tank, and they were perfectly normal, and they were in the wide range of what they should be for a freshwater uh, predator tank. So maybe he got spooked or he was trying to commit suicide, but he failed because I caught him in the brink of time. I figured that would be an interesting story to share with you guys here on uh, Aquatic Wet Lines Aquarium Memory Show. Now, I want to remind all of my fish keepers out there, that you can call in live at 1347-989-8142 with your very own aquarium memories. That again is 1347-989-8142. If there's anybody that's listening live, you're more than welcome to call in and share your favorite aquarium memories. I know that all fish keepers have aquarium memories, so there's no need to be afraid. Just simply dial 1347-989-8142, and I'd love to have you here on today's episode of Aquatic Wetline. I would love nothing more than to interact with the tropical fish keepers. Anyway, on to my next story, and in april of 2015 i got my first large tank since i uh shut my 125 gallon down a few years prior and it was a 120 gallon aquarium i originally was going to get another 125 but i saw this big tank it was a aquion 120 gallon aquarium it was a four foot long aquarium However, instead of it being really, uh, instead of having large lengths, it was really wide, providing a lot of swimming space up and down and a lot of swimming space for fish, like angelfish and discus. It was a really interesting tank. I never seen a tank like that, so I bought it. I bought the tank, the stand, the lights, and the lid and a couple of filters, and I think the grand total was about $1,500, but it was well worth it. I got a lot of uh, stuff out of that aquarium because I tried discus for the first time in that aquarium. I combined discus and angelfish in that aquarium. I had oscars and cichlids in that aquarium, and finally I had saltwater fish. In that aquarium. So I succeeded in keeping discus in that tank, and eventually, my second try, I succeeded in keeping uh, salt water in that tank. However, because I'm only a five foot five person, and with the tank being so high, It was hard for me to do water changes, and I had to always stand on a step stool to do water changes, and that meant that I cut back on water changes because of the uh, height difference, and I have a bad back. I was born with a, a back issue, and when I stand up too long or I do heavy lifting, I get back pain, And I really hate back pain, so that is why I usually cut back on water changes on that tank. So that's another reason why I decided to sell the 120, is I kept getting back pain from working on it. And the 120 gallon went to a good home. Went to a a fish keeper that has a lot of knowledge in the aquarium hobby. And when he said he was interested in the aquarium, I said that he was the best person that I wanted to give the tank to because I knew the tank was going to a good home. I knew the tank was going to somebody that was going to love the aquarium, appreciate the aquarium, and take good care of the aquarium. And um, the person that got the 120-gallon aquarium, I have a lot of respect for. He's a great fish keeper, and he has a YouTube channel called M.A. Fish Guy. So I personally would like to... Say to all of my listeners to please check out M.A. Fish Guy on YouTube. He has a lot of subscribers, and he is pretty big on YouTube. So I re- recommend all of my listeners to uh, check him out there. So I figured I would share that story with you guys because of all the experience that I had with that aquarium. From that aquarium, I learned that if I ever wanted to again... I could keep discus, and it also taught me that I could have a large saltwater aquarium. All right, my next favorite aquarium memory is a simple one, and it is me hand-feeding my tropical fish. Now, I have been hand-feeding my fish since I entered the aquarium hobby, and as far as I can remember, I hand-fed many fish. Fish such as red catfish, tiger shovel nose, to lungfish, to bikers, to my personal creamsicle red devil now, to my uh, Burmanese Asian upside down catfish. He gets hand fed now. And now I hand feed my dog's face puffer, my aerostron manilis puffer fish, and my snowflake moray eel gets hand fed. So I hand-fed a lot of my fish for many years, and I still do it. I would like to give a word of advice to people who have a saltwater tank or a freshwater tank that has fish with teeth. Fish like puffers, triggers, and moray eels to be very careful. Because just yesterday, I was feeding my snowflake moray eel, and I wasn't paying attention, and I felt this strong bite Uh, on the middle of my fingers and arm, actually where your arm and fingers meet, that's where I got bit. So I feel it's not really, it wasn't really painful, but I feel like this sharp gravel substance on my finger or my arm where my hand met. And I'm like, what is that? And I look down and I see the snowflake eel had mistakenly bitten uh, where my arm and uh, hand met and there was a little bit of blood. So I wiggle myself, and he lets go, and he, and eventually he gets a piece of shrimp. Now, that is not my fault, or it's not his fault. It's simply because moray eels have uh, very bad vision. They rely
1: on scent, or excuse me, not scent. They rely on uh, the sense of smell. Yeah, I think it's called scent.
2: I think scent is... Uh, where they rely on uh, what they smell. I don't know what seeing is called. But anyways, moray eels are blind or nearly blind, and they rely on smell. And when they smell inverts for the uh, pebble-tooth morays, that's what they eat. So he smelled it on my fingers, but he couldn't actually find it the first time, but he found it the second time. So it did not hurt in the aquarium hobby. You think it would because they say you never add salt to a wound, but I had a wound and it was in the salt water and it didn't hurt, but maybe it would hurt for somebody that's different. I can tolerate pain, but as soon as I took my hand out of the aquarium, it began stinging a little bit, but I, I uh, went on feeding the fish, the puffers and stuff. And after I was done feeding them raw shrimp, I washed my hands and then I took some peroxide and cleaned off the wound and band it, bandaged bandage up. And it's really not that bad now. It doesn't even hurt anymore. It just looks ugly. So take that as a, a word of advice when you're feeding fish like moray eels, especially the ones that have the fang tooth, like the jewel morays, the uh, honeycomb morays, the pelosida uh, moray eels. Be careful with that. You could use a tong for that. But I particularly don't have a tongue on hand, so I just feed my uh, moray eel with my hands. The pebble t- pebble-tooth moray eels won't do any damage. To you. they'll probably just cause, like, a little wound like I got. But if you are talking about the jewel morays or the same tooth morays, like the yellowhead morays and things like that, then you can get a big chunk taken out of you. And if they're large enough, they can rip your whole finger off, so you've got to be careful. But yes i like to hand feed my uh, tropical fish now another aquarium memory i have is i met a lot of fellow fish keepers throughout my aquarium experience in my 11 years of tropical fish keeping i have met a lot of fish keepers i have met some that are local that I go to fish stores with and I talk to on a regular basis and I chat fish with and uh, I have fun chatting fish with them and I have fun going to fish stores with and really, really exciting. It really is something that is really good about being in a fish hobby is when you can actually make friends with other fish lovers like yourself. And also in recent years, I have made a lot of friends online in the fish keeping hobby with my fish show and my postings of tropical fish on Facebook. And on the same token, I guess you can say is that I've made a lot of haters with my fish keeping podcast. But they say when you have haters, you are very successful at what you're doing. So I take my haters with a compliment. But anyway, I love meeting tropical fish keepers, becoming friends with them and chatting tropical fish. It's always a great pleasure of mine. So my next memory is bouncing back from my huge loss of 2011. And I can tell you from last Saturday when I told you that we had a huge snowstorm, a huge blizzard in 2011, and last Saturday on Aquatic Wetline, I told you how that blizzard affected me when I lost power for six days and I lost every single fish I had. So if you have not listened to my show called Aquatic Wetline, Aqua Alex's Worst Aquarium Tragedies, I definitely recommend you check it out to hear about it. But after that, a few months after uh, uh, after October 2011, I bounced back and I and I got back in the aquarium hobby, and that was in 2012. And here we are in 2017, a good five years later. And I am loving the aquarium hobby more than ever. And I'm loving it more than I did back in 2011. I have a really strong passion for the aquarium hobby now. I love it. I love chatting tropical fish with fish keepers. I love getting advice from fish keepers. And I love learning about fish keepers. More importantly now, I love educating what I know and what I learned about tropical fish to people on the internet through this podcast, what you're listening to now. And my final, final aquarium memory is this, what you're listening to now creating aquatic wetline. Now, in 2013, I created the aquatic wetline. And pretty soon, aquatic wetline will be going on for four years. In August, in August of this year, Aquatic Wetline will be four years old. Exactly August 28th, 2017, Aquatic Wetline will be four years old, and I'll have a special four-year celebration on August 28th this year. But I created Aquatic Wetline in 2013 simply for me to chat about tropical fish and have tropical fish shows and tropical fish guests where I'd ask them fish questions, and I would learn a lot about fish, and all of my listeners would learn a lot about fish. So at the time, in 2013, YouTube was the big trend, but I had a previous show on Blog Talk Radio called Chef Credinelli's Cooking Show, which was a cooking show I did here on Block Talk Radio. And I went to the pet section, and I saw that there was only one or two tropical fish shows, and I figured, hey, why not create one of my own? And I did. And I did not expect it to take off. I did not expect it to be successful as it did. It became a success relatively seven months into it. After the 7 months mark, I got my first co-host, which was your, which was uh, crayfish man James Jones. And after that, Aquatic Wetline became more and more popular where it is today. It is very popular today, and I've seen a lot of growth from 2014 until today. And I will never forget creating Aquatic Wetline. Aquatic Wetline has brought a lot of positives into my life. While I do receive a lot of negative feedback and a lot of hate from certain people on Aquatic Wetline, the good outweighs the bad. A lot more people enjoy the show, and I've even helped some people enter the hobby with Aquatic Wetline. So I'm very, very grateful for that. All right, so those are all of my aquarium memories. Those are Aqua Alex's memories of being in the aquarium hobby. Pretty good, eh? So now it's your turn to share your aquarium memories. You can call in at 1-347-989-8142 to share your very own aquarium memories. Or if you're listening to the archive, just go on Facebook, go to my Facebook group, Tropical Fish Keepers of Aquatic Wetline and hit join and post your aquarium memories there. I can't believe we're almost an hour into our show already. So I'm going to go ahead and take a quick intermission. Coming up next in the second half of the show, right after the intermission, I'm going to talk about how the aquarium hobby has changed from the 1990s to the mid-late 2000s. I'm going to have a discussion on why people who are not fish keepers should not, uh, excuse me, I'm going to have a discussion on why people who are not fish keepers should become fish keepers. So, basically, I'll talk about why people should enter the fish hobby, and I'll have tips for beginners. Don't miss those three awesome um, topics after, right after this intermission. So, don't go anywhere, folks. We have those three awesome topics coming up next. So during our intermission, make sure you email aquaticwetline at with your name, location, career, your favorite fish, and the fish you are currently keeping now. So during the intermission, email aquaticwetline at elk.com, title AW Trivia, and in your email, put um, your name, your location, your career, your favorite fish and the fish you are currently keeping now. The first six people to email me will be on the debut episode of Aquatic What Aquatic Trivia Game. We're back with
1: more right after this. Don't go anywhere, fish keepers. Be here or be square. Aquatic wetline is brought to you by yourfishstuff.com.
2: Yourfishstuff.com provides hobbyists with quality homemade fish food and aquarium supplies. The Your Fish Stuff Difference. Buy direct and save. Buy direct from your fish stuff. No middleman, no food masses produced by large corporations, no food sitting around in warehouses, just fresh healthy food from your fish stuff to you. Quality ingredients like fish meal, shrimp, squid, kelp, spirulina, and Corella allergy. Doesn't cloud water. And all of their fish food is made fresh, crafted in small batches, hobbyists owned and operated. And all of their fish food is made right here in the good old U.S. of A. So check out YourFishStuff.com for quality fish food and aquarium equipment such as nets, filters, medications, and more. That's www.YourFishStuff.com,
1: a proud sponsor of Aquatic Wetline. March 25th. 2017, it's going to be a historic night for Aquatic Wetline and
2: for the tropical fish keeping hobby. I, Aqua Alexander Cardinelli, as the host of Aquatic Wetline, as a person and as a tropical fish keeper, am proud to announce that Aquatic Wetline is going to be hosting a tropical fish keeping Hall of Fame podcast. This is going to be a show where I, Aqua Alex, and my audience pay tribute and respect to the legendary fish keepers who have paved the way for us to be fish keepers and also for fish keepers who have a huge passion and enthusiasm for the tropical fish keeping hobby. And it all starts on March 25th, 2017, at the legendary. Corridor's Breeder, Lynn Massey, takes her place into the Aquatic Wetline Hall of Fame. Sadly, the aquarium hobby and the fish world lost Lynn Massey in November as she passed away, but the legacy she left behind from Corridor's Breeding will never be forgotten. Lynn Massey will be inducted to the Aquatic Wetline Hall of Fame by her longtime friend Rebecca Wistrow. Rebecca will be here to induct Lynn Nasty into the Hall of Fame, live March 25th, 2017, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Mountain, and 6 p.m. Pacific, right here on Aquatic Wetline. Lynn Nasty was a huge inspiration for the Aquatic Footline to have guests, and she was fundamental on Aquatic Wetline's success. So please join me and Rebecca as we welcome the very first inductee to the Aquatic Wetline Hall of Fame Class of 2017 for Doris Breeder Lynn Massey, right here on Aquatic Wetline on March 25th, 9 p.m. Eastern, blogshopradio.com forward slash Aquatic
1: Wetline. Aquatic Wetline is looking for our first eight contestants for Aquatic
2: Wetline's Aquatic Trivia Fish Game. Do you want to be a part of the first Fishkeeping Trivia Game? It's simple. The first eight fish keepers to send an email to aquaticwetline at outlook.com with the title AW Trivia will be the contestants. In your email, please describe yourself, your fish tanks, and your favorite fish, and the career and location you live. You'll have to be available on April 15th. From 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Mountain, and 6 p.m. Pacific. And you will be on the show for an hour to two hours. So, would you like to be on the very first Aquatic Wetline Aquatic Trivia Game? Where the first prize is sponsored by YourFishStuff.com. And the second prize is sponsored by Aquatic Wetline and Aqua Alex. So, there's a chance you can win a prize. So make sure you email aquaticwetline at outlook.com and become one of the eight contestants.
1: Tropical Fish Keeping listeners,
2: I invite you to join your fish keeping group called Tropical Fish Keepers of Aquatic Wetline. I invite you to post pictures of your tropical fish, post videos of your tropical fish, post links to your fish keeping YouTube channel, or just chat fish. One of the added benefits of this group is I'm going to do a Facebook live fish video every Sunday, starting the first Sunday of March. So make sure you go and join. Tropical Fish Keepers of Aquatic Wetline on Facebook. Not only to post pictures of your fish, chatfish, but to see me live on Facebook and a Facebook live video every Sunday. So what are you waiting for? Go join right now Tropical Fish Keepers of Aquatic Wetline
1: on Facebook.
0: the impossible! Alice Cardinelli here to promote my network, Age Network. On Age Network, I have music shows that are brought to you by Jeremy Stonehorn of Blossom City Radio and Andrew Neal. I also have WWE wrestling shows with my co-host James Cardinelli. I have cooking shows called Cooking and Bacon with the Fat Guy and much more. So make sure you check out Age Network because I have controversial, entertaining, and all sorts of shows. Go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash A Network with Alice Cardinelli, and you can also find H Network on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Blueberry, and TuneIn. Tune in for H Network on Google.
1: Hey, uh, this is the Aquatic Wetline, a tropical fish keeping show brought to you by Aqua Alex in Springfield, Massachusetts. Let's get back to the tropical fish chat right now.
0: <laughs> Welcome back to the Aquatic Wetline on this fine Saturday evening. Tonight, Aqua Alex is talking about his favorite aquarium memories and his big fish room plans for the spring of 2017. In the first half of the show, Aqua Alex discussed his favorite aquarium memories. Don't worry if you are just tuning in now, you can listen to the first half of the show by re listening to the show once it archives. Right here, right now, on the second half of today's show, join Aqua Alex as he discusses his 2017 Spring Fish Room plans. What are they? Find out right now as Aqua Alex will tell you. By the way, this is Mick Foley's baby robot boy telling you all to have a nice day. Bang, bang, bang.
1: All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Aquatic Wetline. I'm having a great
2: time so far here on this Saturday evening. And pardon the error that's on the... Um, second half intro because uh, the 2017 major fish room plans are scheduled for tomorrow's show. So uh, tomorrow, Sunday, March 19th at 9 p.m. Eastern, I'll be talking about the 2017 spring fish room plans. But right here, right now, I'm going to talk to you about how the aquarium hobby has changed from the 1990s to 2000s to today, and I'll explain why people should enter the aquarium hobby and tips for beginners right here on Aquatic Wetline. So let's get to it. So, here's how the aquarium hobby changed from the 1990s to today. The first major thing is technology, technology is a lot better today. Than it ever was. So, with top technology, there's a lot of technology involved in all of the aquarium equipment that we use. There is um, battery, uh, uh, there is uh, computerized um, protein skimmers, there is computerized heaters, and just about everything you can imagine. Although, all of those computerized aquarium equipment cost a pretty buck, it's very expensive. But there is LED aquarium lights that run um, off of the technology that is used today that is muy- very much better than the aquarium lights that were used back in the 90s in my early childhood. So the even the filters today are very much different with the technology that we have because they have state-of-the-art filtration systems now that are much better than those that they had in the – old days also another way that the aquarium hobby has changed is that saltwater aquariums are now more advanced and not as difficult as people have assumed back in the 90s and the early 2000s matter of fact fish only tanks are not difficult at all i mean with a fish only saltwater tank all you have to do is your water changes and make sure that your salinity is always between 1.018 to
1: 1.026 and make sure that you do your research and that your tank is going to be big enough for the
2: fish that's going to be going into your tank so salt water is definitely not as difficult as expected and as suggested back in those times also the saltwater fish prices and coral prices have gone down drastically since the 1990s. For example, a magnificent fox face would cost you about $700 back in the 90s. Today, you can get one anywhere from $80 to $100. Also, there is captive-bred fish available now. Um, Back in the 90s and early 2000s, a lot of your saltwater fish was all wild caught, and a big majority of your freshwater fish was also all wild caught. But today, thanks to places like ORA and Sustainable Aquatics, there is captive breeding and captive bred clownfish, dottybacks, and other marine fish, and what really popularized the captive breeding of marine fish is finding Nemo because everybody wanted a Nemo. They wanted a clownfish. So the popularity spiked and that caused an increased demand of clownfish and ORA and Sustainable Aquatics was able to create captive bred clownfish that was never, ever in the ocean before. So the only life these clownfish have seen, the ones that are captive bred, have been raised in aquariums, so they're used to to and have adjusted to aquarium life. And nowadays, most freshwater fish are now captive bred. I'd probably say a good 95% of the freshwater fish that are in the aquarium hobby today are now captive bred. Also, we have much better equipment from different brands nowadays, and also the fish food is a lot better than it was in the 90s. There is better strains of bettas now, and there's many different strains of bettas. You have your half-moon bettas, your veal tail bettas, and a whole wide variety of bettas. So many that I don't even know the other kinds because I'm just used to the common bettas. Because as a young child growing up, you only had your male and female bettas, and I'm pretty sure um, someone in my age group understands and gets what I am saying. Um, There's a lot better information today uh, because there's uh, Google and other places to get information that you can uh, research and get. Back in the day, all people had was libraries and uh, fish books and tropical fish books in the library. You now have information on tropical fish literally at your fingertips online. There's the internet on your smartphone, your tablet, your computer. So there's really no excuse why some fish keeper cannot research. It's just the lack of eagerness to research and being lazy, in my opinion, because you can find information on a particular fish literally within two seconds. Um, Fish tanks are a lot easier to maintain now. And I'm not saying that you have you can stop maintenance on tanks nowadays, but they're a lot easier because the filters um are a lot stronger than the older ones, and all of the equipment is a lot stronger. but it limits your maintenance probably down to once or twice a week, as back in the old days, you had to do water changes quite frequently during the week and of course, the aquarium hobby is a lot more popular today than it has been in the 90s and early 2000s. And I can say without a doubt that the saltwater aquarium hobby and the reef systems are a lot more popular today than they have ever in the past. So that is
1: a plus side for the saltwater aquarist hobbyist. All right. So now we're going to move on to my next topic I want to talk about why
2: people should enter the aquarium hobby. So if you're a non-fish keeper, here is why I think you should personally enter the aquarium hobby. A, you get instant relaxation. Aquariums and tropical fish lower blood pressure, and they lower your stress. Matter of fact, uh, a doctor I know, my personal doctor, Uh, is a big fish lover, a big tropical fish lover, and he recommends people who have had heart attacks or strokes or have had high blood pressure, he always recommends them to get an aquarium of any size, of any fish, Um, and he's a fish keeper himself, so he'll educate them on um, tropical fish, which is pretty interesting because not every doctor does that. Um, I think he'll, uh, like, give them articles to look up. I'm not sure what he does exactly because I've never been there in the room with somebody. And he, and he said that some of his clients have actually got aquariums, not all of them, but some of them, and they've had lower uh, blood pressure. So they say that aquariums do relax your mind and they do uh, help relieve your stress and whatever pain you are feeling. And I can say that when I had um toothaches because I had toothaches growing up through my childhood and I get one every now and then. I had one last night that when I look at my aquarium, sometimes the pain uh, goes away or I don't think about the pain anymore because I'm looking at the fish and what I could do next to the aquarium, what can I feed the fish next, etc. So I think that if you have a stressful life, or you have some sort of a, a illness, I think an aquarium would be an advantage for you. I really, really think that. And I think that it would uh, add some re- relaxation to your life if you have a busy lifestyle. Also, um, I think people who have children or have a family should do the aquarium hobby because it teaches responsibility to young folks, say like kids um age eight or even younger than that it teaches them to um care for live animals and be responsible for the later stages of life when they become my age and they have to um fend for themselves and i really think that um having an aquarium and doing maintenance and things like that is going to teach responsibility plus you get to create a piece of the ocean or a river in your own home aquarium. How cool would that be? And uh, fish are relatively easy to care for. You don't have to take them outside like you have to take a dog or a cat. You don't have to train them to not bite or any of the stuff that you have to do with dogs and cats, and you don't have to buy them toys and real expensive kinds of fish food um, because you could use natural foods like shrimp and stuff that you get from the grocery store to feed your fish. So fish are um, a really fun animal to have and a fun pet to have, and they're very fun to look at. So those are the reasons why I think people should enter the tropical fish hobby. But, If you enter the aquarium hobby, you must realize you need to do maintenance. You have to do water changes. Now, by doing water changes, I mean you must take a gravel vacuum and clean up the bottom of the aquarium, get rid of all the fish waste and any extra food that is down there. Because if you don't, all of that fish waste and extra food is going to create bad waste, and that bad waste is going to transform into ammonia. At high levels, ammonia is very toxic to fish, and eventually that high ammonia is going to kill all of your fish, slowly but surely. Eventually, your fish is going to develop ammonia burns, and then the ammonia burns is going to lead to death. So in order to avoid that, and in order to avoid all that stress on your fish, we need to do water changes. Now, basically, all you do is you stick the gravel vacuum into your tank, get it to turn on by um, putting it in the air and releasing it just when the bottom of the water goes to the vacuum. And once the water sucks up and the water begins flowing into your five-gallon bucket, you can uh, go to the gravel or your substrate or even if you're doing a bare-bottom tank and remove all the waste and simply replace the water with room temperature water, clean water, and you'll be good to go. Hell, they even have a a gravel system for beginners called Python, which is good for a freshwater aquarium, and you can hook that up to your sink. You just simply drain your water there and refill it from your water from your sink, same temperature as your tank, and then you can add a water conditioner. Like um, I use an Aquion cap water conditioner to remove chlorine, and other uh, unnecessary chemicals that sometimes water companies put into your, your water. Also, it's very important that first-time fish keepers need to know that you're going to need equipment. You're going to need things like filters, heaters, um, and occasional decor if you want your fish tank to look nice. Your local fish store, your mom and pop owns local fish store, and sometimes your PECO and PetSmart will be able to walk you through what you need um for your aquarium you need to cycle your aquarium which means you need to add your water your substrate your your filters your heater and you need to turn all the equipment on and i like to add a product called prime prime is like a bacteria that's going to jump start your cycle and you should wait about four to five days before you begin adding any fish to your aquarium and the last thing I can say is that you need to do your research. You should go on the computer, go on YouTube or Google, and research how to set up a fish tank, how to set up an aquarium. There's, beginners, there's beginner guides to setting up your very first aquarium. I know that many of the popular YouTube channels, like MA Fish Guy, who I mentioned earlier, there are many different videos out there explaining how you can set up your very first aquarium. So I definitely recommend that you check them out, and they'll be able to help you.
1: All right. My last topic for today's show is simple. My tips for beginners.
2: Do not rush. Do not rush into the hobby. Do not set up a tank and the filters and stuff the same day and buy fish. Don't do that your tank is not cycled, there's no bacteria, and your fish are going to be highly stressed and they'll probably die. Do not buy too many fish at one time. When your tank is cycled after four or five days, add maybe two to three fish uh, minimum, or excuse me, two to to three fish maximum at a time. So don't add any more than two or three at a time uh, per week. So after each week, you can add more, two or three more until uh, you reach your desired um, stocking level. So don't add too many fish at a time. You also want to do plenty of research to find out uh, if the fish you got are what you can handle, what your system can handle, and if they're easy to keep, if they don't require any specific feeding requirements, etc. cetera. So always do your research. And I'd say the best tank size for a beginner would be a 29-gallon aquarium and up. Uh, obviously, a 55-gallon is the perfect beginner size, but anything less than that would be a 29-gallon aquarium. Use quality fish food. You can use brands like Hakari. Um, you can use um, Tetra or even Hakari frozen foods. But there are better online places you can get food. Uh, I know that North Sim, USA is a good place. Uh, I I actually prefer yourfishstuff.com because my fish crave that and they eat it all up. Uh, But there are other fish foods that are quality. Make sure they have quality ingredients. You also want to try hardy fish. If you are a first-time fish keeper, try things like tetras, garamis, rasboros, corridoris, etc., your typical community fish. And as you uh, learn more and more about fish, you can get, it, get into the cichlids and the more um, uh, fish that require more time, the time-consuming fish. And also, you want to use the best equipment you can, so make sure that uh, you don't buy the cheap stuff because the cheaper it is, uh, the more problems you're going to have, the cheaper the quality. So always make sure you get the best stuff that you can afford. And I remember, folks, I want you to enjoy the aquarium and do your maintenance. Clean water equals happy, healthy fish. So while you're enjoying the aquarium and feeding your fish, make sure you're doing your maintenance because clean water equals happy, healthy fish. And, man, I had a lot of fun on today's show. I hope that this is a show that you guys have enjoyed. We're gonna wrap up our show right after this. Aquatic wetline is brought to you by yourfishstuff.com. Yourfishstuff.com provides hobbyists with quality homemade fish food and aquarium supplies. The Your Fish Stuff Difference. Buy direct and save. Buy direct from your fish stuff. No middleman. No food masses produced by large corporations. No food sitting around in warehouses. Just fresh, healthy food from your fish to you. Quality ingredients like fish meal, shrimp, squid, kelp, spirulina, and corella allergy. Doesn't cloud water. And all of their fish food is made fresh, crafted in small batches. Hobbyists owned and operated, and all of their fish food is made right here in the good old US of A. So check out yourfishstuff.com for quality fish food and aquarium equipment such as nets, filters, medications, and more. That's www.yourfishstuff.com, a proud sponsor of Aquatic Wetline. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go ahead and wrap up today's show. What a fun show this was, and I had a blast. And I certainly hope you, the fish keepers, had a good time and enjoyed yourselves listening to today's show. So, I would like to remind everybody that listened to today's show, there are still six spots open for the Aquatic Wetline Aquatic Trivia Game that is airing on April fifteenth, two 2017. And there's eight contestants, two of them are confirmed, so I just need six more. Remember, the first place prize is a box from YourFishStuffs.com, valued at about $30 to $50. And then there's going to be an Aquatic Wetline Coffee Mug, with some other goodies, I have yet to decide what the other goodies are going to be. I will have a final answer for uh, you could, the second prize of the trivia game on Tuesday. Also, um, there will be a possible third and fourth prize. So, what are you guys waiting for? This is a historic
1: first-of-a-kind aquatic fishkeeping podcast. Don't you guys want to be a part of history? So, all you've got to do is take
2: maybe one or two minutes out of your, out of your day, and email aquatic wetline at outlook In your email title, put AW Trivia, and in your uh, in your uh, email, please include your name, your location, your career, your favorite fish and the fish you are keeping. And that's it. The first six people to email aquaticwetline@outlook.com will be the six contestants. What are you waiting for, folks? Who knows? You might be the first place winner that wins the the, fit, the yourfishstuffs.com box. So what are you waiting for? Go ahead and sign up and become a contestant. You can have the right to say that you were the very first contestant on a historic debut of aquatic wetline fish keeping trivia game. You can tell your friends, you can brag to your friends saying that you were a part of a very first tropical fish keeping trivia game. So what are you waiting for? Take a few seconds of your day, enter into the
1: contest by emailing me and you're all set. Once uh, once I get your email, I will respond with confirmed, and you are good
2: to go. And I'll email you again a few weeks before the show, giving you some details. So that is how you can get involved on April 15th. Next Saturday is a historic date for the Aquatic Wetline because next Saturday is the Aquatic Wetline Hall of Fame where Corridor's Breeder Lynn Masney gets inducted. So don't forget to be here next Saturday at 9 p.m. Eastern as we induct the Lake Great Lynn Masney into the Aquatic Wetline Hall of Fame. With that being said, I want to thank you all for listening to today's show. I hope you guys enjoyed today's show and uh, learned a little bit from today's show. Thank you so much for tuning into the show today. If you really enjoyed the show, please feel free to share today's show on your social media account and tell your friends about today's show. I really, really appreciate your listening. Thank you very much. This is Aqua Alex, broadcasting live from Springfield, Massachusetts, and this was an episode of the Aquatic Wetline. Have a great rest of your night.
1: Thank you for tuning in, and enjoy the fishkeeping hobby, and I'm gone, everyone. Take on, everyone. March 25th, 2017. It's going to be a historic night for Aquatic Wetline and
2: for the tropical fish keeping hobby. I, Aqua Alexander Cardinelli, as the host of Aquatic Wetline, as a person, and as a tropical fish keeper, am proud to announce that Aquatic Wetline is going to be hosting a Tropical Fish Keeping Hall of Fame podcast. This is going to be a show where I, Aqua Alex, and my audience pay tribute and respect to the legendary fish keepers who have paved the way for us to be fish keepers and also for fish keepers who have a huge passion and enthusiasm for the tropical fish keeping hobby and it all starts on March 25th 2017 at the legendary Corridor's Breeder, Lynn Massey, takes her place into the Aquatic Wetline Hall of Fame. Sadly, the aquarium hobby and the fish world lost Lynn Massey in November as she passed away, but the legacy she left behind from Corridor's Breeding will never be forgotten. Lynn Massey will be inducted to the Aquatic Wetline Hall of Fame by her longtime friend Rebecca Wistrow. Rebecca will be here to induct Lynn Nasty into the Hall of Fame, live March 25th, 2017, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Mountain, and 6 p.m. Pacific, right here on Aquatic Footline. Lynn Nasty was a huge inspiration for the Aquatic Footline to have guests, and she was fundamental on Aquatic Footline's success. So please join me and Rebecca as we welcome the very first inductee to the Aquatic Wetline Hall of Fame, Class of 2017, four-door Lynn Massey, right here on Aquatic Wetline on March 25th, 9 p.m. Eastern, blogshopradio.com, forward slash Aquatic Wetline. Aquatic Wetline is looking for our first eight contestants for Aquatic Wetline's Aquatic Trivia Fish Game. Do you want to be a part of the first fishkeeping trivia game? It's simple. The first eight fishkeepers to send an email to Outlook.com with the title AW Trivia will be the contestants. In your email, please describe yourself, your fish tanks, and your favorite fish, and the career and location you live. You will have to be available on April 15th from 9pm Eastern, 8pm Central, 7pm Mountain, and 6pm Pacific, and you will be on the show for an hour to two hours. So, would you like to be on the very first Aquatic Wetland Aquatic Trivia game? Where the first prize is sponsored by YourFishStuff.com and the second prize is sponsored by Aquatic Wetline and Aqua Alex. So, there's a chance you can win a prize. So, make sure you email AquaticWetline at and become one of the eight contestants.
0: This episode of the Aquatic Wetline has concluded. Aqua Alex thanks you for listening to his show. Please check out Aquatic Wetline Fishkeeping Podcast on Facebook and hit like for tropical fish facts and more. Feel free to reach Aqua Alex at Outlook.com with any tropical fish questions. Your questions may make the show.
1: Good night.